son, I got a somebody told me recently. Uh, actually, it's a person in this church that doesn't happen to be here today. I tell you what they told me. They said, Byron, you need to quit wearing the same church, same shirt to church every Sunday. <laughs> and I said, I am not wearing the same shirt to church every Sunday. I just happen to have a lot of blue shirts. So the majority of my shirts, like 90% of them are blue. I do have a couple non, non-blue shirts. It's grace. It's revelation, man. So I just wanted you to know, if you're thinking I, I'm wearing the same shirt every Sunday, I'm really not. They just all sort of look the, look the same. I actually have a system in my closet, okay? When I wear a shirt, I put it, and I have them lined up. And so if I, I put it at the front, when I wear it, and no, I put it at the back. And so then I go to the front, and you know, so I can re- – because I can't remember from one week to the other. I mean, I know girls can. I'm just telling you how to do this. <laughs> Amen. Are y'all good this morning? I feel like the best of the service has been done. This is sort of like a aftermath here, like anticlimactic, <laughs> uh, you know. Thank you, Lord. The Lord's good. It's, is anybody feeling more closer to the Lord these days? That God, you just feel like God is really helping you in your relationship with the Lord. Um, you know, Denise Moose shared a great testimony with me about her job that the Lord's given her. And she was showing me pictures of the workplace that she was in and how she felt, you know, she just felt so blessed that God's put her in this daggone palace to work in. It's amazing. That's That's a great testimony, Denise, you know. So we just thank the Lord for that. Amen. Is Pam talking? Oh, yeah, Pam. I was thinking about Pam also. Uh, Pam, you remember that word you got from the Lord right before Alton was, was killed? That the Lord said he wanted to, if you give him your burden, he would give you his burden. And so you got half of that. The Lord's got Alton, right? You got half that word fulfilled. So the Lord really wants to remind you that his word is true to you. The other part's true also. And that God's going to give you something. The burden of the Lord is, a, you know, which his burden is light. His yoke is easy. But he really does have something he's going to give to you that you're going to carry in the earth for him and rep- representing him, something that he wants to see. So I really believe that's really, I was thinking about that uh, yesterday a lot, actually, thinking about how God is going to fulfill that word for you, Pam. And God bless you for being such a, you know, powerful person and relying on God to get you through this terrible season she's gone through. And is Hannah here? So Hannah also, you know, I feel like that's also a word for you. I don't know some of the promises that you have over your life, but I know you have a lot of promises over your life uh, because you come from a a family of a promise. You know, you got a lot of spiritual history in your family, and and God really, you know, sees a lot of those promises. And you know, like He told Jeremiah that He, you know, He He's going to fulfill His word in your life. And so I really want to encourage you, you know, even though you lost Star, you haven't lost the destiny that God has for your life. And your sons also, you know, that they have that same destiny operating on them. So I just want to encourage you to really begin to speak that destiny, okay? And some of the promises that were spoken over your family, um, that you could begin to declare those promises again. Because I know, you know, both you and Pam both were people of faith, that y'all have really believed the Lord. 
And, you know, that was the thing about Bovet when I go into your houses during this time is, is I sense faith there, real true faith from heaven. And uh, so I just want to encourage you with that. Is Alex here? Alex Martinez? Yeah, Alex, you know, the Lord has, you know, that was one thing about, about Cindy Martinez. If there's ever a person of faith that I ever met in my life, she was that person, you know. And so her faith was not in vain, though, Alex. And so I believe there's an impartation for you to receive, you know, that faith that she left behind here. Because she doesn't need that faith anymore. She's in heaven. You know, she's with the Lord. But she left that faith that she carried in her heart. And it was a real faith. And so I, w- I would really like for us to just reach our hands back there to Alex. And just, Alex, Alex, why don't you stand up so we can just really pray for you. And why don't, why don't Pam and... uh Hannah, won't y'all stand also? And let's just pray, God, just for them that they would just bear the, the the promises of heaven, Lord. There's a there's a thing that we go through. It seems like we lose, but in the end we win. And I pray that for all three of them. I pray that for Pam. I pray that for Hannah, and I pray that for Alex. That in their loss they could find a, a great gain, Lord. And we just bless them today, Lord. We just speak life over them. We speak joy over them. We speak peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, yeah. All right, y'all guys, put your hands over the back of your neck right there. Just sort of back where your emotions are. Everybody can do it, actually. But God is a God of who heals emotions, who touches our emotions. And whenever we go through a hard time in our lives... Your emotions get worked really hard. God's given us emotions. Emotions are, let me tell you what emotions are. Emotions are, are like that uh, gauge on your car, okay? They tell us what's going on inside of us. That's what they're for. They're not to rule us. They tell us what's going on. And I know when you go through grieving, which is a very powerful emotion, it, it, it drains you. So I want to pray uh, that your emotions will be restored and healed today. For everybody, but especially for those who really... Lord, we just release that healing upon our emotions today, Lord. That you'd fill the emotional gas tank back up, Lord. I pray that in Jesus' name. That the emotional gas tank would be filled up, Lord. I pray for healing of frazzled emotions, stressed out emotions. That you'd heal those emotions in Jesus' name. And we thank you that you've given us emotions, but you've given us healthy emotions. And when we get tore up in our emotions, Lord, we don't feel healthy. And we begin to make bad choices and decisions based on emotions. Yeah, all of joy for mourning. Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lord, we just receive that exchange in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All righty. Thank you, Jesus. 1037, that means I got a 23-minute message. <laughs> All right, so here's, here's, I want to talk to you a little bit more. Remember last week I talked to you about Simeon and um, um, John the Baptist's parents, how they had to wait. Remember I talked to you about waiting. Nobody likes his messages. But here's the truth. When I was a, a this is why I'm on, I think waiting is important. When I was a, a young Christian, you know, full of vision and dreams for my life, uh, I went to my mentor's. In those days, we called them disciplers and uh, pastors and stuff, really seeking out help to, to help me come into everything God had for me. 
And this is something they consistently told me that's consistently frustrated me and irritated me to no end is, well, Byron, we'll just have to wait and see what the Lord does. Okay? And it was just like, can I just slap somebody for telling me? Don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear wait and see what the Lord does. I'm feeling, I can remember, you know, I've always liked to write stuff down, my thoughts and my feelings about things. And I can remember writing stuff and giving it to these certain people. I'm not going to tell you who you are. They are you might. And I can remember them reading it, and it's almost in disgust. They would just look at me like, well, there's just nothing you can do about this. Or I wrote this thing, I put it on this five and a quarter floppy. Y'all remember those? <laughs> that's, what we're going, that's sort of like the memory sticks of yesteryear. Did you read that thing I gave you? Uh, I think I lost it. It was like nothing I did, the people that I was looking to to help me, they, it was like I felt, I kind of felt rejected by them actually. And I felt like that what I had to say and the things that I was trying to express my heart, I, like I would put my heart out there and it just seemed like it just got lost or you just need to wait and see what the Lord does. And so I wanted to know from the Lord I'm going to move back, Venus. I know I'm messing you up over there. She told me that. Don't get in front of those speakers. (laughs) Getting back here out of the way because she said don't get in front of the speakers. So I wanted to know from the Lord about waiting. I need to know how to wait, Lord. I need to know this. If I'm going to have to wait in my life, I need to know how to wait. I need to get through this waiting in a positive way instead of a negative way, because most of my waiting has, I realized, was sort of negative, and I was frustrated for years in my life because I felt, I felt the calling of God, I felt the purposes of God, I felt the destiny. I could see all that, I could sense all that, but nobody else could, and nobody else could help me, and so just had to wait and see what the Lord does. So I wanted to know how to get, you know, through that. Now, one of the things that that I discovered about waiting is it's really a big part of the kingdom of heaven. In fact, I was going through all of Jesus' parables in Matthew 13 on, you know, the kingdom. You know, the parable of the sower, the parable of the wheat and tares, the parable of the pearl of great price, the parable of the woman with leaven, you know, put leaven in the flower, the parable of the treasure. Every one of those parables except one had a big element of waiting in them. Every single one of them. It doesn't say wait, but there's this element of time that happens in the parables that's sort of not brought out, but is sort of understood. And so I wasn't understanding that. I wasn't understanding that God has created time and created, created waiting to actually help us, to actually serve us. And it's part of how he brings, one of the things I've discovered about waiting is it brings leaven out in you. If you have leaven hidden down in your heart that you don't know about, waiting will expose that in you. Now, it used to be when I thought about getting exposed, I always saw it in a negative light. You know, like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. But it's not really that. Are you okay? You know what's terrible about this, this, this theater seating thing? is I can read your body language really good, okay? And every time I get up here, i got to remind myself, I'm reading their body language, 
uh, I just, you know, some of you have terrible body language. I mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of you look like you're mad at me. But uh, you always look, at, look like you're mad at me anyway. I could just see the rest of your mad body, you know. <laughs> I think one of the things about waiting, it tells you you're not in control. I mean, honestly, when you're in line, it tells you you're not in control. You've got to wait your turn. Well, that's sort of how the spiritual dynamic works. Uh, I wanted to read this one scripture, though, that has really helped me to understand waiting. Because if you get some revelation on waiting, you can really you can begin to understand what's going on spiritually in your life and begin to use the waiting to your advantage see god doesn't want us to to waste the weight he's into redeeming the weight in your life but this is a famous scripture of course but there's a lot in it isaiah 40 verse 28 through 31 i've never seen these scriptures up here they look good up there don't they because there are going to be movies up there that may not look so good but those look good I love this. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. Man, don't you love that? His understanding is unsearchable. We were singing that. We'll never come to the end of who he is. Never. And folks, let me just give you a little revelation here on this. This is sort of a side note. Many people, and I, we have this problem, Becky and I, we have this discussion ongoing, especially when there's things going on in your life that you are trying to understand. You're trying to get a grasp on what God is doing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Why is this happening, Lord? Why is this happening? You and I have to come to a place where we can accept not understanding things. Because we have a God who is unsearchable. His, un, his understanding is unsearchable. You, you and I had to come to a place in our life where we, that's what real surrender is. Where we can say to God, I don't understand, but I'm still going to follow you. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to have a relationship with you. Okay? Now, I don't know about you, but those points are not, because people, here's what people do. Now, I think I've probably talked to you a lot about this, but this is really important in your life. People build theologies to try to explain what's going on in their life. When somebody doesn't get healed, they build a theology. That's where this theology came forth that God doesn't still heal. Or if it's God, if it's God's. That's a lying theology. That's not a biblical theology. And so what, that's what we are unconsciously doing constantly, looking for these answers, creating answers that are not biblical at all. You know, that was the whole book of Job, really, if you think about it. They were trying to figure out why this was happening to Job, okay? And their answers in the end, this is what the Lord said, they didn't speak right of me. That was his conclusion about all that talking there. All the explanations about what was going on, the Lord was saying, that ain't right. In fact, he was mad at them about it. And you need to pray for those guys because I'm not real happy with their explanation of me. Because they've tried to explain, are y'all following this? This will set you free. Doesn't mean you won't ask the questions. Don't, doesn't mean you're not going to have the discussion. Thank you, Rachel. I'm going to get killed up here. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean those... those don't say that. I'm not going to get killed up here. 
And y'all got the best body language in the country. It's the best, man. You're the best looking people in the world. Doesn't mean it's wrong to have the, have the discussions, to have the talk. But when you get through, I mean, I'm telling you, you get through, this is what you do. You get up, and, and this is what I do know. Well, the Lord is so good, and he loves me. That's what I do know. That's my theology. And God wants to heal. He wants to save. He wants to deliver, period. And if everybody dies around me, guess what? God wants to heal. He wants to save. He wants to deliver. And he's really good. That's the truth. That's the teachings of the Bible. That's who Jesus is. You know? And he just loves us. I wasn't meaning to get into all that. Man. Anyways, I love that. I love a God that I can't understand. Okay? I, lo- I can't even understand myself. How do I think I'm going to understand God? I darn sure can't understand Becky Davis. And I've been with her forever. Right? You know. And ever she comes up with stuff, God's like, huh? <laughs> really? I thought I had you. Yeah. All right, listen to this. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Okay? Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail or fall. But those who wait, everybody say wait, on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's pretty good. Now, so let me quickly talk about this. Number one, the word wait. There's different words in the Bible for wait. Okay, this, they're not all the same. But this word here, this is what it means. It means to wrap yourself around something. It means to braid. Okay, that's what this word means. It means to wrap up, to, to braid. It's like, a, it's like a hair braid. You know how girls braid their hairs. That's a picture of this word. It's like braided. It's like, so what they're talking about is when we become, when we begin to braid ourselves with God, when we begin to wrap, you know, I've seen vines that, you ever seen a vine that wrapped itself around a tree and the tree grew over the vine? That's another picture of what this word wait is. All right, now, so that gives you a hint of what waiting's all about. Waiting is about our connection with God. See, all those years, let's wait and see what God was doing. What God was saying to me is, Byron, this is the time for you and I to braid ourselves together. This is the time for you and I to become one together. For this union that we have in Christ to really begin to do that, begin to live that. That's, that's really what it means right there. So we're, that's, that's why I feel like a lot of people waste their waiting. I wasted my waiting all those years fretting over tomorrow, anxious about tomorrow, and where God was sitting there, like he was sitting there all the time. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to have communion and, and, and vital connection with you. And you're fretting over all this, and it's a time for you and I to wait together and be together. So let me just read this right quick. I'm going to just go as fast as I can. Isaiah 64, verse 4. This is interesting. This is crazy right here. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. That's pretty good. Who acts for the one. You see, that is a promise from the Bible that God will act for us as we begin to learn how to commune and connect with him. But I want to read this same verse. 
1 Corinthians 2, 9, Paul quoted that verse, Isaiah 64, verse 4, in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Let's see how they how he did this. This is interesting. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of men, of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Paul was saying this. This is what I just told you. Paul the apostle was saying this waiting in his view, in his revelation, is having a love relationship with God. That's that's it. There it is right there. So that's the are y'all are y'all hearing this? So when when God has got you in his heavenly waiting room, it's it's for love, it's for communion, it's for it's to be with him, to love him. Don't waste your life pining away for something to come tomorrow when God is saying today you can have this oneness with me. Today we can have a relationship. This is what the this is what the wait's for. It's for you and I. It's for you and I to build this relationship with Him. For us to know Him on a personal and intimate level. Isn't that awesome? It's powerful. All right, number two. Are y'all good? Number two, verse 30, it says, Even the youth shall faint, not be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. So God is going to allow situations in our lives, okay, where we absolutely come to the end. We're going to exhaust our natural strength. Do you know what I'm talking about? Your answers will not be enough. And this is not a one-time event. This is over, the, over your Christian life. You will come to places over and over where you have done all you know to do. All your answers, all your natural strength, everything is, is, going, to come, is going to drain out of you. You're going to be wore out. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? God is going to allow situations and problems that you're going to face that you will come to the end of your resources. Many people... It'll be a financial thing for you. You will spend your... People have spent their monies. The woman with the issue of blood spent all she had. She lost everything. Everything. Her resources were exhausted. And there Jesus shows up one day, and it was one touch, one touch, one touch. Okay? One touch. And see, God seems to do that with us. And he'll do that with you. If you're really going to follow him, he's going to allow you to come to that place where you've exhausted your strength. Uh, you know, even young, you know, young people are strong and can do stuff, right? I remember a few years ago I wrestled with this 17-year-old boy. I used to do that a few years ago. I was right, we, we were wrestling. And I could actually beat this kid. He was a big, strong boy, but I could beat him. Okay, for a while. But the problem was, I started getting tired, and he didn't. So I had to figure out a way to fake him to think that I was not tired and just hang on to him for dear life, hoping he didn't discover that I was... <laughs> that's the way young people are. They can go and go and go. And, you know, but as you get older, you can't do that quite. So now you just use the two-by-four on them. Just, hit the, just knock the fool out of them up front so you won't have to, you know... But even the young people will come to the end of themselves. And that word there where it says, uh, Even the useful found the young men shall utterly fall, but those who will shall renew their strength. You know what that word means? It means that renew means exchange. 
You see what I'm saying? That's coming to the end of your resources where you fail and where you are. You, God wants you to fail in this. Some of you need to fail. Some of you need to come to a place where your understanding has failed, your finances have failed, your abilities have failed, because there is the place that you can make an exchange for something that will not fail. Now, that's the, really the truth of the Bible. I hate to tell you, it doesn't. And it's easy to sit here and say this. It's hard to get to that place because we don't get there easy. Are you all okay? All right, listen to this. 2 Samuel 3.1. Oh, this is a great scripture here. I'm going to get through. I've got six minutes. I'm going to do this in, I'm going to do this in three minutes and do the last thing in three minutes. All right, now there was a long, everybody say long. There was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. You know when that long war started? After Saul was dead. Saul had chased David forever in the wilderness. Finally, he got himself killed. Now, there's a long war. A long war between David's house and Saul's house. But, David grew stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Now, this is really a powerful picture of waiting. A long war. In your waiting time, what's happening to you? Are you growing weaker and weaker? Because if you are, guess what you're living out of? Guess whose house you're living out of? You're living out of Saul. You're living out of the house of flesh. You're living out of the house of natural strength. But if you are growing stronger and stronger... You're living out of a different house, the one that Dean talked about, the house of David. So you have to ask yourself, what's going on in your life right now? Are you growing weaker and weaker spiritually? I'll tell you something. I could say this to some of you. You are. I've watched some of you for years, and I've watched you be diminished, diminished, diminished. And you know why you're being diminished? Because you're living out of the wrong house. You're living out of the house of Saul, out of human strength, naturally, out of the power of your, the realm of your soul. And not out of the realm of the Spirit. You hear what I'm saying to you? Now, isn't that, that Scripture speaks powerfully to me. When I find myself waiting, what's happening to me? Am I getting weaker and weaker? Or am I growing stronger and stronger in my spiritual, spiritual man? That's, a, that's something we need to ask ourselves. Everybody in this room needs to ask themselves that. Where you're at right now. What's happening with me? What's happening with my spiritual life? You know, I'm waiting on my destiny. I'm waiting on God to do, fulfill His promise. I'm waiting on this spouse that God promised me, or this relationship, this job, this promotion, whatever it is, whatever promise, the salvation of my children, you know, the, my healing, my deliverance, whatever it is you're waiting on, you have to look in your heart, but what's going on inside of me right now? Am I growing stronger and stronger in this season, or am I growing weaker and weaker? And the answer is simple. If you're growing weaker and weaker, well, I need to quit living out of that house and get into the other house, get into the Father's house. Because when I get in there and start eating His food, I'm going to get really powerful and really strong. Because what He feeds is really good. It is good. All right. <sighs> I got three minutes. Hey, I love these, these, this time. I will admit to you that I'm using up one of my minutes out of three minutes, but... It really has been nice coming to church at 9 o'clock. I know some of you don't like that. But, on, man, people go to work at 7 o'clock in the morning, right? You know, so it's not a big deal, in my opinion. It may be to you, and God bless you if you're that bad that you can't get up in the morning. But <laughs> you'll be all right. <laughs> I, I would like to do it at 10, but 
we're doing what they tell us we can do. But it's sort of nice to come and be done, right, and not have to do this again. It's hard preaching two times. Uh, you know, it's been a great experience to get to do that, but it stretches you. You, know, you get tired of being stretched, you know. And I know the worship team, they would do the hardest work. And the children's worker, it's really been one of the things that God's been doing for us as a church is allowing workers to rest. This has been a time to rest in terms of just doing this work called doing, you know, doing uh, congregational meetings. It's been a really good thing, I think, for the people who do all the work. So praise God for that. I mean, I might like it too much. Who knows? But anyways, uh, in this thing about waiting on the Lord, he gives us a cycle that happens in your Christian life. This is really important uh, about this cycle. Because this will help you understand what's happening spiritually around you and help you understand the Spirit. It says those who wait on the Lord, and it gives us, uh, they're going to mount up with wings like eagles. Uh, they're going to run and not get weary, and they're going to walk and not get tired. So those are like four like aspects or four things that really need to be happening in all of our lives. There needs to be mounting up. There needs to be the sword like the eagles. There needs to be running. There needs to be, uh, there needs to be waiting, uh, the mounting up, uh, running, and walking. Okay? If you don't have those things working in your Christian life, if you're always running, something's wrong. It's not going to work out for you. And everything starts from a, a place of waiting. And so you go from waiting to soaring to running to walking, and then the cycle starts over in your life. All right, so an eagle mounts up and gets up into the, up into the heavens, and he sees everything. That's the spiritual aspect. That's the aspects of really connecting with the spiritual world, okay, that you and I must realize God created us for. We're spiritual, and we're supposed to connect with the spiritual and so that has to be a part, and that's what waiting does. As we create this relationship with the Lord, the Lord begins to open up His world to us. It's not just, you know, you know I used to have a hard time with all the, the, you know, kiss me with the kisses of His mouth songs. Remember those? Letting Him kiss me with the kisses of His, of his mouth. Being a man, I'm thinking, I don't want some guy kissing me in the mouth. I mean, I could say, okay, Lord, it's you. I can probably take it. But that picture doesn't work for me. Really good, okay? I like another picture. And the other picture is this. As we get close to Christ, He also begins to open up the spiritual world to us. His world, okay? And begins to reveal His world. Like, let me show you what my world's like. It's like when I met Becky, I had to go find out what her world was like. Take me into your world. Let me see your family. Let me know what's, how y'all think, how y'all believe, what y'all do. And that's how, how Jesus is. That's real intimacy when you begin to get that. Okay? That's the way. That's what waiting does for us. But waiting is fast. Uh, then you go into the sword. That's the sword. And the waiting leads to that. Then you have the running. And Paul in Galatians 2 2 likens ministry to running. Okay? That's Galatians 2 2. I don't have, I'm not going to read it. But he, that's what he says running is, represents. Running is ministry. And if you read, I'm telling y'all, y'all need to get this. If you read uh, Matthew 25, parable of the talents, parable of the sheep and goats, Jesus was very clear that every person that he calls, he calls into running. He calls every person into ministry. He's given everybody talents. 
He's invested in everybody, and he wants us, in whatever way you work it out with him, to use those things. He even got it down to just simple things like somebody, ha- you know, somebody who's in jail or somebody who's sick or somebody who's just put out that you visit those people, you reach out to those people. Are y'all good? I mean, go read it sometimes and ask the Holy Spirit. I read it the other day. I was so convicted I couldn't stand it. Like, I'm in mind trouble, Lord, because <laughs> I'm feeling convicted right now about this. I'm seeing that when, at the end he says, well done, right? Well done, not well being, well done. I mean, in other words, he was saying God does, heaven does look at what we do. Not to get there, but it's important to, what, it's important to God what we do with our life in terms of serving other people and serving his purposes in the earth. So I really want to encourage you guys, man, get a heart, like Becky was saying, get this heart to labor in the kingdom of God. You know, wherever that may be, but get this heart to be a laborer in his kingdom. Because that's what his heart is. That's what he did. Are y'all, y'all hear that? I mean, that's a really important thing. Okay, so, so you know, waiting, soaring, running to walking. And walking, of course, is your everyday Christian. Like walk in love. Walk with wisdom. Walk in the righteousness of Christ. It comes out of the book of Ephesians. It's your normal everyday walk. In other words... When I get up in the morning, uh, you know, I'm not going to go out and run, take off running, you know, my morning run with a cup of coffee in my hand, right? I need to, there's certain things you've got to do. You've got to slow down to do certain things. An eagle, when it comes down and swoops down to grab, grab a rabbit, it slows down, you know. And there were sometimes, you know, we have to be in the spiritual realm, but we have to come out of that realm to do certain things. You don't go to the shopping mall and run through the shopping mall, you walk when you're buying. You're look, paying attention when you're in the grocery store. And so you see, when we begin to understand these spiritual cycles in our life, knowing when we're supposed to run, knowing when we're supposed to walk, knowing when we're supposed to soar, we'll begin to cooperate with what God is doing in our life. Because we don't want to be out running like, like maniacs when God said, No, be still. Find your moment of rest. If I'm giving you a moment of rest, take advantage of it. Rest. Find me in this moment. Know me in this moment. Because the day will come when I'm going to call on you to go up into the spiritual realm and I'm going to show you some stuff and then I'm going to ask you to run real hard with what I've shown you. Are y'all following this? And this will change your life if you begin. I remember years ago I was sitting around, you know, I was the pastor of the church and it was just, there was just nothing happening. And I was complaining, Lord, and you know what he said to me, Byron, you need to enjoy this time. You need to take advantage of this time. You need to be with me. Because there's a day going to come when you will look back and say, I wish I could have that time again. Because you're going to be frantically busy. I'm going to make you really busy in your life. And I know how much you hate busy, boy. <laughs> you like to sit around and just meditate. <laughs> so understanding those cycles in your life. Are y'all following this? So it's, it, but it always begins. It launches from waiting. You in. You know, being with the Lord, being still with God, letting Him work in your life. And then it's going to, He's going to take you into the spirit, spirit realm when you do that. That's why soaking is such a powerful thing. It's a, it's a form of waiting before God. Where you're not trying to get anything from God. All you're looking for is, Holy Spirit, this is your chance to have your way with me. I am, I, you, anything you want to do. And that's what I do. Anything you want to do, anything you want to say. If you don't want to do nothing, I'm good to sit here and do nothing with you. My point is I want to be with you and commune with you and connect with you and get more intertwined into you and you more intertwined into me. 
And then from that point, you begin to, as you soak, many times you go into the spirit world. You begin to get visions. You begin to get revelations. Okay? And then those revelations are meant to be done. They're not just for you to have a nice revelation of something. It's meant to do something with it. You know, if we're having visions of angels and we're just laughing and having a great time, like somebody said, you know, that's a great thing, but their whole point was it's a great story to tell other people, to encourage people, to invite them into that same thing. Are y'all following this? And so you see, waiting really is a powerful thing if we'll let it be. Or we can spend our life as frustrated Christians because God's not doing what we think He should do fast enough. But if we will begin to learn how to cultivate this heart of waiting before Him, communing with Him, then things can really become different in our life. We can begin to have something more. You know, everybody can. Everybody. But like Dean said so well, it was a choice that Boaz made not to cut the, to cut the corners in this field, to leave them for somebody else. We get a choice in this thing, you know? And unfortunately, nobody, I'm just telling you this, because nobody told me, Byron, you have a choice. You can make this the most glorious time in your life, or you can make it the most frustrated time in your life. And I made, most of it was, I was frustrated. And that's why all the, my mentors were frowning on me and throwing my stuff away that I wrote, just throwing it in the trash can, losing it conveniently. Because I was, I was, they could read, they could feel frustration coming out of me, instead of like, oh, this guy's at peace, and what he's saying, there's peace in it. There's not frustration. There's not grasping in it. Yeah, y'all, are y'all connecting with this? Everybody in this room, I want you to connect with this if you can. I want you to connect if you can't do anything else, that you can walk out of here and know that you can braid yourself with Jesus today, because He's braided Himself with you. And you can be that close to him. Where somebody looks at your hair and sees a braid, it's all one thing. And they look at you, they just see one thing. They see him. I'm telling you, I'm not wasting this time in my life. I don't want you to waste any trial, any difficulty. That we don't waste it. We get the most out of it. Now, Earl, don't waste this moment in your life. I know you've been through a bad, you know, sickness, and God's healed you a bunch. But don't, don't just live into tomorrow. That healing for tomorrow. Live in what God's got for you right now. You know, and people in this room who are looking for a spouse, and you're just going nuts. You know, you're all messed up about it. You're gonna go wind up going out with some person who doesn't really know the Lord because you're desperate. Don't do that. I mean, that's crazy. Trust me, I married a very godly person, and she gives me a run for my money every day. You know, you don't want to marry somebody who doesn't have grace operating in their life. You know, all of us, really. People in this room that feel like they have a call on their life, don't, don't get messed up with this. Don't get messed up and get frustrated. And let that frustration eat you up. Find, find Jesus right now. He is right here for you today reaching out to you right this second, wanting to commune with you, wanting to connect with you. And as you begin to do that, there'll be a launching for sure. He will launch you. Let's just pray. Why don't we stand up and pray? I know I'm over time. Yeah, Dean. Well, it actually has to do with you and Becky. So anyway, the Lord gave me a word one time that I just thought was so awesome. He told me the difference between waiting 
and hesitating is that waiting is holding off until God says go. Hesitating is holding off after God said go. So there is an end to the wait. Don't stay in the wait after it's ended. But um, Joanne came to me and said she had a word as far as Byron and Becky have been here at the church for 18 years. That's longer than any other church at Calvary Community River Life has ever been there. And there's pastor, yeah, pastors as the church. And there's an attack on that even in itself. Um, and that we started out talking about the pressure that they've been under, affirming them. But we want to end with just as a congregation and anyone who wants to come down, just praying for you guys. Is that cool? And during, I mean, this message is perfect for that because you are definitely in a wait <laughs> situation. So um, if we can do that, just anybody who wants to come and we'll pray for you guys. Thank you. Is that cool? We'll take a prayer. All right. Uh, Pam about. said about this that you have to be intentional about waiting. You've got to be intentional. It's a, it's a decision that you're making to wait on the Lord. And once you do that decision, something can good happen in your life. I appreciate the prayers too. Amen.